Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with the other Dr. Mintel, my husband and co-host, Norm. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're just really glad you've joined us. Did you have a good week? I did. Good. I did. Okay. Feel productive, feel energetic, feel healthy. I did. I thought it was a great week. Not not every week I can say that, but I'm trying. (laughs) And I'm trying to, you know, wake up every day and say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it and start with that optimistic. We've heard so much about if you wake up with a sense of gratitude, and you Mm -hmm. talk about that a lot, that really colors your whole day. It does. It makes a difference in your mood. It really does. All right. Well, let me go to the dark side for a minute. (laughs) Okay. Have you ever had a sneaking suspicion, Linda, that someone was dealing with you in a way that just felt off, something wrong about it, or manipulative, and in your case, even pathological, because Mm. that's your business, you might have even labeled them emotionally abusive. But were they really? How do we know? And we just want to find out today. So let's talk about emotional abuse. And I'm glad we're doing this, because you get that label thrown around quite Mm -hmm. a bit. And I I kind of sometimes wonder, is that really emotional abuse, or do you just not like what the person is saying? (laughs) But then there is that side. And I I can relate to all those things that you were saying, because I have had people be emotionally abusive to me in my Mm -hmm. life. I think all of us have. If we've worked in any variety of settings, or depending on the family you come from, it could be from there. I was just going to say, I think it can come from a spouse or a parent or a boss or even a coworker. Mm. Sometimes people in church can be emotionally mm-hmm. abusive. Mm-hmm. Kids can be emotionally abusive, caretakers. Really, anyone we're in a relationship with, I think, right? Right. And it's it's really good to clarify what it is and what it isn't. So emotional abuse is more, Norm, than negativity in a relationship. Okay. Or saying things like, you know, I don't like this. And it's more than hurting from a relationship breakup or being yelled at once. It's more than just ordinary conflict, too. So when the volume turns up and arguing becomes screaming, Hmm. and then it turns into name-calling and denigrating you, then you're moving into emotional abuse. Okay, you started, but let's break that down even more for us. Okay, so emotional abuse is really the fallout of all forms of abuse. So you can have physical, verbal, sexual, and even spiritual abuse. It strikes at the core of who we are, and it involves an ongoing pattern of behavior that is aimed at controlling and disrespecting someone. And it usually goes on behind closed doors. Why would someone do this? Why act so emotionally abusive? Well, I I mean, people are shaped by their environment. And if they grow up in a loving and respectful family, they tend to behave that way with other people. On the other hand, if you've had a pretty tough background or maybe even a harsh environment where the value of a person is demeaned and disrespected or one will become 
sort of anxious and self-conscious and a fearful person, and then others take advantage of you, that may lead a person to become emotionally abusive. Basically, it's a learned behavior. Mm, Because someone has done something to us or we've seen it done. You've seen it, you've experienced it in your life. So you don't just, you know, you're not born and then suddenly you become an emotionally abusive person. And you don't wake up one morning and go, hmm, I'm going to be emotionally abusive today. Right, So it has to be things that are happening to you. You know, kids who grow up spoiled. That can be another side of this, thinking that they should always get what they want. They can become emotionally abusive adults who try to control others for their own needs. So I've seen some pretty narcissistic adults who grew up and thought, you know, I deserve, I deserve. Mm -hmm. And then they're abusive to the people around them. I know someone just like this. He's an only child, and he, he just feels really entitled, and he has no problem emotionally abusing his coworkers. And he doesn't seem to think it's a problem. Sounds like sin to me, and that's a problem, right? Yeah, that could be the root of this. Usually it is, right? (laughs) But what about children who are neglected? Do they automatically become abusers? Well, those kids have to grow up on their own, and they have to become very self-reliant. And they can become very determined to overcome the neglect, but sometimes, and again, we're not saying that if you have you know, a really difficult start, that this is going to be what you turn into. We're not saying that at all. Okay. But we're giving what the influence could do to somebody. And sometimes if they've really been neglected growing up, they can develop an attitude as adults that say, it's my way or the highway, as a, as a way of controlling their world, mm-hmm. because it felt so sure. out of control. Okay, so we're not excusing abusive behavior in any way, but no. maybe we understand it better when we understand a child has experienced these kinds of horrible abuses or neglects. What other things contribute to becoming emotionally abusive? You know, it's interesting how some families have their own unique culture that glorifies power and violence. I mean, you just look at, sort of look at the social media mm-hmm. and what some of the people are saying about violence. The and, anger. Yeah, and just yeah. anger and just taking it out on people and feeling like there's no consequences for that. You know, the child is, is taught, this was something I heard once in therapy, might makes right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's not, you know, good. So if you're strong and mean, that's okay. Yeah, then, it, then you can write the situation that you can't control. So guns and violence and arguments are central themes in people's homes in which uh, abusers usually emerge. Uh, they enter into adulthood feeling that being strong means that they have to be aggressive mm-hmm. with people. And so for a lot of men, strength often, you know, if they're, they're trying to be sort of this macho ma- masculinity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the strength is like, I really have to take charge and dominate people rather than having the respect for another person. Other causes can be just a general immaturity. Or what I see often with people that are struggling with substance abuse, that just doesn't help people because when you're on a substance, you get impulsive, sometimes you get aggressive, and you just, you know, you don't behave the same way you would be if you weren't on a substance. So I don't understand because emotional abuse certainly destroys relationships at worst and makes them difficult probably at best. What's the abuser getting out of this? Well, it's all about the control. It really is about the control. And then you don't have to deal with your own issues. So think about it. If you're raised in a very painful uh, family where you had a lot of emotional pain and you didn't ever dealt with that and you've medicated it maybe with substances, mm. maybe with just being overly aggressive, taking charge, not letting people do anything because it has to be your way. When someone has really low self-esteem, they often don't like to think about themselves. 
So the negative thoughts that come when they self-reflect are pretty painful. So finding fault in others and creating arguments, those are really ways to deflect and keep the focus away from them and onto someone else. Mm -hmm. And when someone feels worthless or unappreciated, they can bully and the abuse others and abuse others to feel more important or worse something. It's not it's not good. I mean sure. what we're saying isn't good, but this is kind of what happens. And I want to point out also, Norm, that emotional abuse can happen both with words or with actions. Mm. And when it does, it is not your fault. It's not part of a healthy relationship and it needs to be stopped. It boils down to disrespect and mistreatment of another person. Is it true that the more you live with it, the more it becomes normal and you're used to it? Well, you might think it's normal because it's what you've experienced and it's what you saw growing up. But when you talk to other people and you're talking about what has happened to you, they they kind of start saying things like, that's not normal. That's not the way that it mm-hmm, should be. Mm-hmm. And remember, abusive people like to get their victims isolated. They don't want you to realize that there's another way that you can be in a relationship. You know, I had a young woman one time tell me this. Um, She said that her friend was in an emotionally abusive relationship, and the more she shared about how her husband treated her, the more this friend kept saying, that's not normal. That's not normal. And then her friend helped her see that the way she was being treated wasn't healthy. So she couldn't see it before because that's all she knew. So her friend really did help her in that case. Well, I'm sure that wasn't easy. But it seems to me we can stop this pattern once we become aware of it. Is that true? Yes, and that is important to remember. Just because you saw emotional abuse or maybe were neglected as a child doesn't mean you have to choose the same path, especially when we consider the healing power of Christ in our lives and how he he can help us with inner healing. But you have to be intentional and not bring those learned patterns of behavior into your adult relationship. Once people realize what it feels like to be emotionally abused, they can really work hard to make changes. And I've seen people do it, Norm. So one way to stop is to become aware, then maybe get some counseling to help you you know, be accountable for your words and actions. We both know people who say they've been affected by emotional abuse. What does it actually do to a person? Well, it results in a number of really negative feelings. Usually there are feelings of confusion, of fear, of hopelessness, of shame, and none of those are going to build a strong, healthy relationship. You know, when you're in the middle of emotional abuse, you often have problems concentrating, you can be moody, you can have muscle tension, aches and pains, nightmares, even a racing heartbeat. Over time, you can develop anxiety, chronic pain, guilt, insomnia, Social withdrawal, loneliness, a whole host of things. And people don't make the connection between those symptoms often and what they're experiencing. That's an incredibly serious list of outcomes. It's like your very sense of being is being questioned or even destroyed. Which is what emotional abuse is is designed to do, to chip away at your self-esteem, hmm. your worth, your independence. And they make you believe that without that person, you're nothing. Hmm. And tragically, this keeps victims in emotionally abusive relationships as they feel they have no way out and that they're nothing without their abuser. But we know that's not true. We can respond to abuse in ways that keep people accountable. It seems to me that much of emotional abuse is done with words, as you said, and there's a lot of power in the words we have about other people. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. 
And if you listen to the way people talk to each other <laughs> today, it's often not in kind ways. You're right. Words can tear you down. The Bible even says that reckless words pierce like a sword. And who can bear a crushed spirit? When you're being emotionally abused, should you tell the abusers how his or her words are hurting you? Maybe they're unaware, or does that make it more dangerous? It needs to be safe to do that. And sometimes you're too afraid to speak up because the emotional abuse involves threats mm -hmm. or some type of threatened harm. Here's one that just popped into my head. Can areas of finance be used as emotional abuse? Yeah, sometimes emotional abuse comes in that area. This happens, Norm, when a controlling partner or person doesn't allow the victim any control or information about their finances and takes complete control over them. And then they have this real dependency. The other thing I have seen is when the abuser blames the victim and tells them they are the reason they're acting so unkind. Something like, well, I wouldn't have to yell at you so much if you would just do what you are told. Oh. And when you hear this over and over again, you begin to believe that that person is really telling the truth. Of course. Well, on that note, we have to take a quick break. When we return, we want to discover how the Bible helps guide our behavior when it comes to emotional abuse. Much more to come right after this. The other day I was cut off the road by a driver. Everything in me wanted to yell, hey, watch out. But I restrained myself knowing that yelling at the driver would not do so much good. And it wasn't the best way to deal with my anger. Anger easily rises up in most of us. Anger, while a natural emotion, needs to be dealt with in the right way. The Bible tells us, be angry but do not sin. So what is the biblical way to handle anger? Well, this is a question I answer in my short and easy book to read, Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. That small book has sold over 130,000 copies because of how practical and helpful it is to everyday living. So if you want to be angry but not sin, practice what Scripture teaches. Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness is available on my website, drlindamintel.com, and online where books are sold. Mother and daughter relationships are powerful, and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I love my mother, but a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I love my mother, but available on my website, drlindamintel.com, or online where books are sold. We happily welcome you back to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Today's topic is putting an end to emotional abuse, and there's so much more to talk about. But before we get there, I want to remind you, please check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. There you'll find her blogs, her books, you connect on social media with her. And remember, an easy way to know what she's writing about every day is to follow her on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. Linda Mintel. And listen to our podcasts on iTunes and all the other platforms that are your favorites. All right, Linda. So back to understanding emotional abuse. What can we do to end it? Well, the first thing is to reach out for support. Abuse is really hard to fight by yourself. 
So talking to a trusted friend or a family member, someone who will listen to you without judgment. And if that's not an option, consider joining a support group for people who have experienced emotional abuse or some type of trauma. Makes sense. So once you establish that support, then what are next steps? Well, you might need more, like you're saying, Norm. You might even need more than friendly support. You may need professional help with a counselor who can help bring accountability to that relationship. But I know that not all people are willing or able to see a counselor. And if not, please make sure that you are physically safe when you confront your emotional abuser. So here are a few important reminders as you begin that process. First, you state what you are willing to accept and not willing to accept from the abuser. So you may say, I'm willing to talk to you, but not when you're calling me names. Okay? Okay. okay. Then announce the consequences and make sure that you are going to enforce those if they violate your boundaries. So say, if you start to call me names and start demeaning me, I'm actually going to walk into the other room until you have a chance to calm down. But then you have to do it. Right. That's right. the issue. You have to be consistent. Too. Yeah. And enforce those consequences every single time so that that habit gets broken. And then the next step is absolutely no negotiations hmm. on this. Proverbs ten nineteen says, sin is not ended by multiplying words. Isn't that good? That's I good. love that. Meaning talking more yeah. about it and a lot. But the prudent hold their tongue. So again, expecting somebody to not be emotionally abusing you is not an unrealistic goal, hmm. but you have to enforce it every time. You said earlier that abusers like to isolate their victims. So I would think that being among friends or getting out and being in social situations would be safer. Yeah, friends can really help you heal and they can help you see, like we mentioned before, the other person's behavior not being so normalized. And even friends in your church just praying with you hmm. is a huge thing that could be helpful. Now, this doesn't mean you have to talk to all your friends about your problems, right. unless you really want to, but simply enjoying the company of others, feeling accepted is something that can help boost your spirit while you're working on this issue. That makes sense. And I've heard you say in the past that when you're with friends, if you join them in volunteering yes. and helping out at soup kitchens or other things, that can get you out of the house and get you around people, social, but takes your focus off. Yeah, and it seems a little bit counterintuitive because you're feeling so down and depressed and you feel like you're not worth anything, but volunteering your time really does help with stress and anxiety and even depression. So find a local cause that you care about and give it a try hmm. or volunteer at your church and be around the people who will lift you up. It certainly seems to me that if you're being abused, you'd want to retaliate or fight back or lash out. Mm -hmm. Probably could use some help with that. Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a natural feeling, is it? But it's certainly not the Christian response. And that's what makes the our need every day for the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in mm -hmm. us, because you don't want to retaliate on this. Abusers are excellent manipulators, and they may provoke you to the point of trying to break you, you know, and then blame you for everything. But just, you know, have that fruit of the Spirit. Just dig into the Lord and don't retaliate on any digs or insults or threats. While it might be hard to hold that back sometimes— and, you know, keep your temperament, just kind of keep yourself calm. Remember that one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Mm -hmm. That's good. So those are really good kind of macro reminders, but how about some practical steps to help us stop the abuse? So here's a few things that you can try. Try to regain control of the situation by acting confident and looking right in the abuser's eyes mm. 
and saying to them, you know, that's not okay. Please don't talk to me like that. And speak in the very clear, calm way. And so you don't you don't need to yell at them. You don't need to be, you know, equally volume aggressive. Volume, yeah. Right. yeah. Just, you know, that stop teasing me. That was unkind. And then act out of reason. Try to get your mind engaged in this rather than the emotional side of you. I know it's hard to do because you're feeling terrible. But if you can just take a deep breath, if you can kind of look at the floor and think about something and get your your thinking part of your brain back online, that really helps. And then practice being more assertive in other situations so that you can be more assertive when this emotional abuse comes up. A minute ago, you said act out of reason and not emotion. Does trying to reason with an abuser work? Kind no, using no. the word differently <laughs> it doesn't. There. Yeah, no. You want to try to operate out of your reasoning brain so that you're not just reacting emotionally. But you can't logically talk them out of it. No. And it doesn't usually work. That's been my experience. You might want to help. You know, you might think I'm going to help them here understand, but it's unlikely that you're, you're going to break that pattern by just trying to reason with them. And that's not your responsibility. They need to take responsibility for their actions. Okay. Okay. Since you can't reason with them, and that makes total sense, should you disengage from the person? Well, it's a good idea to decide that you won't respond to their abuse or get sucked into arguments and stick to that. That's what we're talking about. If you can limit your exposure to the abuser, do that. Uh, this is one of the things I, I used at work when I had an emotionally abusive coworker. I just limited my contact with the person. I was kind when I saw the person, but I didn't spend a lot of time with that person. <laughs> you know, I'm going to point us back to the principles of the Bible, Norm. The Bible has so much to say about how we treat each mm-hmm. other. In 1 Corinthians 13, you know, the the, ver- the, the chapter we always read at weddings. Right. but it's The love it's, chapter. But it's for every day as well. God tells us what love is and what it's not. And he says in that chapter, it's not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It always protects. And that is not what emotional abuse does. They don't understand healthy love, the people who do it. Right. Chapter 13 provides us with a really good description of what love looks like. I love that. Proof, that's why so many people have it read at their wedding. Yeah, and we need to remember that every single day when we're when that honeymoon sort of phase right. <laughs> wears off, right? So take those scriptures and then add Colossians 3.8. Now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Hmm. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That Paul sure knew what he was talking yeah. about, didn't he? Good relationship <laughs> advice. There's no room for and no excuse for abuse if you call yourself a child of God. There's just none. Emotional abuse is not the kind of fruit we should see from a Christian. Listen to what Peter says. All of you, not some of you, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, Brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to do this you are called that you may obtain a blessing. That's pretty instructive. Isn't it? So, Dr. Linda, if you're working on this problem of abuse and you have some emotional scars, how do you deal with those? Well, you're going to need time to heal, for sure. And you have to get all we're talking about in place. You have to reach out to a supportive friend and maybe a family member. 
If you're in school, talk to a teacher or a guidance counselor. If you need to, find a Christian counselor who can walk you through this process and help you respond differently to that cycle of abuse. That's how you begin to heal. Mm-hmm. How will you know if you need even more help? I really think you should find a professional and get some help if you're avoiding all social situations. So it's gone extreme. Yeah. If you're depressed, if you're frequently fearful or anxious, if you're having frequent nightmares or flashbacks, or you can't carry out your responsibilities, having problems with sleep, or you're going to substances in order to medicate. So... You know, there's talk therapy, there's support groups, there's understanding what Scripture says about you and healthy relationships. All of these can address the effects of emotional abuse. Remember, emotional abuse is not healthy or normal and should not have to be tolerated. So get the help you need. That's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes the show a conversation, and to Katie Sims, our technical producer. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.